165. I'm your host Aditya, and along with me, early in the morning, I have Abhishek. Hello, everyone, and you would not believe, listeners, that only about a fraction of a second before we started recording, Aditya gave one of the biggest bear-like yawns ever heard in the history of online skyping. Yeah, I haven't yeah. even brushed, to be honest. Uh, yeah. directly, f- <laughs> directly, too much information. Too much. In- <laughs> directly from the bed to the recording. Uh, to in front of my laptop to start the recording. Uh, I j- I was just lazing around. I had gotten up, but you know there are these times when you just want to lay in the bed, do nothing. I was just enjoying one of those moments. But then I thought, got to get started because you have to go to office. Yes. So let's I start do. with sports. Um, it has been a sports week. In fact, it has been a. It's going to be a sports year completely. We've got all the tennis tournaments coming up. Badminton, obviously. Euro is there. Formula One is there. Olympics is going to be there. Then we'll have those football leagues starting up very soon. Uh, we have T20 World Championships in cricket. So a lot of things are going to happen. Right. Which started off, which kicked off this week itself, with uh, Saina Nehwal winning the Thai Open in badminton. Right, she beat a uh, very young. She herself is 22, but she beat a uh, 17-year-old kid, uh, a Thailandese. How do you? How do you? How, a Thai, 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 Thai. Thai. 19-21, 21-15, 21-10 in Bangkok. That was a scorecard. It's a very hard. It's a very. It's hard to pronounce name. Ratchanok in Thanon. That was the name of the lady whom she beat. But uh, that's awesome, yeah, and, and she was having a tough time doing that, though. So, uh, no, that's what I read about it. There mm. is no, so all these sports are very rarely covered on uh, on TV. Yeah. So, which yep. is a pain. But um, from what I read, uh, is that Sanya was Saina. Sorry, Saina was doing very was not doing that good um, in the first half of the game. But as soon as the court side changed. Saina came back into form and started hitting all those baseline smashes that she hits. Right, and she gets ready for the Indonesian Open, which starts which starts when today I think yeah today yeah it starts. Oh, these Tuesday guys today. don't get a lot of time in between tournaments at all, huh? Because the next uh, top, the next topic also about Sanya Mirza and Mahesh Bhupati winning the French Open in mixed doubles, which is right. the second time they are doing it. Very good. Even these guys are not uh, didn't have enough time because after that, Sanya flew off to somewhere in England, and Bhupati flew off to again somewhere in England, but not at the same place to start their grass court season. And then big Char- win, big win for big, India. Big win. So, Nobody is calling for his retirement. He's 38, and in a sport which requires a lot of running. But doubles doesn't require a lot of running. Hmm. True. Unlike unlike what Nadal did against Djokovic after. Beating him yesterday in a rain-delayed match in four sets, the last point, the point on which he won, unfortunately, Djokovic double faulted, and uh, it is a world record now. For the first time in the history of Grand Slams, has anyone won the French Open seven times? That's Nadal. He beat Bjorn Borg's record, and uh, that's his eleventh title, and he's only 26. 
along with that Sharapova also won a career Grand Slam right. with this French French Open win. Six three six two. Don't you feel that Sharapova isn't getting as much credit as her predecessors got? For example, we don't hear about how well she plays, and she has here she is winning a career Slam. We've heard a lot right. about um, you know Venus Williams, Serena Williams, and all those other people. Is it is her mm-hmm. are her good looks coming in the way or क्या ऐसा कुछ तो भी हो रहा है? No, she was out for a long time. I think this is the first uh, Grand Slam that she's won in four years. There was a surgery on a soldier uh, on her sorry so shoulder which put her back, and then she came back. She lost a cup. I think she lost the previous. Uh, she lost some three finals at French Open. This is the first time that she's winning. Oh, but she's she's earning a lot of money. She earns twenty five million. I'm pretty sure. Just to M- endorsement, yeah. But yeah, she's Most famous, obviously. And also, last time we had st- started this particular series. Before, before, before going there, before going there, there is this little thing about Formula One that Louis. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yesterday, day before, I think, yeah, in and, Canadian Grand Prix. And apparently, the entire F1 championship is wide open till now. we still right. don't have a clear cut winner so everyone has i think hamilton is the only guy who has won two races now and all of the top no, no, contenders no 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 in fact all of them all the seven races have seven new winners and ah, this is the first time in history of formula 1 yeah yeah okay and so, you had you i don't know you you are the soccer fan as in my i have oh, a, i have my cousin at my place so he keeps watching the matches late in the night so i know a little bit about the euro where france equalized against england let me flaunt my soccer related knowledge and portugal <laughs> lost to germany two days back 0-1 and italy equalized with spain i don't know what that means in the end i know i know that's a knockout but it's fun to watch countries play and like clubs i don't know about you but if if you if you actually notice yesterday's game it, all the 22 players most of them play in the english league so it was almost yeah. as dif- different clubs had sent a couple of uh, people from their from their teams and now they are playing uh, as part of two countries i have been following euro also um, i catch the first match not the second one which starts at around 12:30 but some of these matches are extremely i mean they just drag on because the teams don't want to attack and want to play the defensive game i mean italy does that very well but they ended up scoring playing italy and spain ended up playing such a fantastic game right they Both hey. were going at each other. That, yeah. that was an awesome game. But if you take yesterday's game, France and England, England mm-hmm. after 65th minute just decided to give up and called all their players back and started defending. And yeah. and you could even hear boos from the stadium coming. <laughs> you know, for we paid good money to watch you guys exactly. kick the ball into the goal. Exactly, and that's why the anyway, stewards yeah. get. That's why the stewards are getting beat up in the stadiums outside. Did you hear about that? No, 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 I didn't. A, a football steward out there. I mean, the security guy got beat up by the Russian fans. Oh boy! Yeah, it's pretty sad. I mean, that's no reason to beat them up. And then, then you have the N- Netherlands team, who have. If you look at the team, you'll, you'll. It's like the Indian team. I mean, all hmm. are individually stars in their own right, but just yeah. can't play together. If if you see, there were very less passes. Everyone trying to go to the goal by themselves. So, मजा नहीं आया. I'm going to watch this Euro, and uh, I suspect we have uh, whatever one and a half female listeners that we have. They've got to switch off by now. Uh, uh, they will further, episode, and yeah. I'll ensure that they don't come back because, as a result of Euro 2012, the prostitution is is expected to rise, or is the 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 uh, females out there are hoping that it'll 
rise mm. because a lot of them are into that trade because there are no colleges there there are no jobs out there so what to do and how to earn money and oh boy. that's how right. they get into prostitution mm. and and i mean they, they have been uh, you, you know so they are hoping uh, that they'll get a lot more clients this time with the euro coming in let's mm. move on to this um, this olympics uh, series that we had started to where we discuss about where we talk about uh, one particular indian olympian uh, hey, you said when we discuss about and this olympian throws a discuss that's what happens at 8 2 in the morning ah <laughs> uh, well we are going to be the, the person we are talk, going to talk about is krishna punia um, who is the national record holder for india in the discus throw women's category and she just created a new national record just last month by throwing mm-hmm. 64.76 wow that's nice because she's been throwing 60 plus consistently 61.5 at Delhi Commonwealth and about a week back just about a week back yes at Portland 62 meters and the world record is still at 78 meters 76 meters but it hasn't been broken since 1988 some one german gabriel rinch yeah i know even i was very surprised as to you know there there is almost a difference of 12 meters in the olympic gold medal that was won in 2008 which was at 64.74 and the world record 76.8 which is german women <laughs> are strong i know i mean probably that one year they didn't test her for drugs or something like that and she no, ended no, no, up no, don't take that away from her but how can it <laughs> yeah. be that much how can the difference be that vast did did gabriel rinch i like the last name anyway she did she win in the, which did she win I that at the olympics won. Did she uh, win that at the Olympics though? Uh, Because she... Olympics adds about three and a half meters of pressure, which you you lag. Who oh, is that? I'm sure. That. I'm sure it, it must be right. It's Olympics. I'm guessing, unless you are Ben Johnson and oblivious of what's happening to your body, while Carl Lewis is right behind you, wondering how can a human being run faster <laughs> than I can. I But talking about her, she in in the in the Beijing Beijing Olympics 2008, she hadn't qualified because. she had thrown only 58.23 meters and uh, by beating by winning the commonwealth games gold she after milka singh she is the first person to do that since uh, 1958 cardiff commonwealth games so the first time an indian woman has won a gold in a commonwealth in a long time so and so, there are a series of ads if you've seen on tv or on espn with these indian olympians they're doing a good thing whoever has come up with this idea that uh, they talk about themselves for about 30 seconds and they they talk about you know I won this and I did this and we yeah, I'm hoping to win this for India so it, I didn't know about this lady until they started showing certain ads on TV it's good born in 1982 almost as old as you abhishek arjun award winner padma shri winner um, in in consecutive years a uh, mother of an 8 year old oh really uh, i didn't know that yeah and and the training schedules are so grueling that you can't see your kid for as long as 6 months if you're abroad and and in 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 the middle of all this what does government of rajasthan do so we will not pay your bills while you're training abroad you got to pay for your own bills so she pays 1 lakh from her own pocket and then she wins some award and when she comes back rajasthan says hey here's 10 lakh rupees for you because you did well incentive based <laughs> and she obviously I, I and she obviously must have accepted it I mean I mean I hope so yeah but the the attitude really is not of promoting sports I know 
It's rewarding anyway. sports. That's a problem, right? Rewarding winners, actually. You remember that controversial Nike ad slogan? Back in Olympic, right? In yeah. 1970-something. You, you don't win a silver, you lose a gold. You lose a gold, yeah. yeah. They, got, they got a lot of flack for it. Yeah, yeah they did. Uh, uh, not related, not related. Please carry on. Go ahead. So, I was just yeah. going to move on and start talking about political stuff. <laughs> Hey, by the way, England England beat uh, West Indies in cricket. I know we'll move on from sports right away, right after seven and a half seconds. But England retained their world number one position in cricket by beating West Indies 2-0. They'd in the almost test- given it up, hadn't they? they yeah, yeah. There was... The last test match was washed out. And and the last man <laughs> scored about 95 runs from West Indies. Ooh, okay. So, they'd almost lost. Just after, just after Shivnarayan Chandrapal batted for 12 and a half, uh, you know, Hours to score 13 runs. What? Really? <laughs> no, no. Huh. no he's, he's known to occupy the crease for That's that long. Okay. He just scared me. I'm pretty, I mean, he's capable of doing that. <laughs> yes, he is. Absolutely. He's... So, let's start talking about uh, politics, Abhishek. It has been quite some time yes. since we didn't do that on Indicast. Yes, and <laughs> uh, let's pick up the first one. I thought this is a funny story rather than a political one. Because mm. YSR, uh, I, I hope you are aware that Jagan Mohan Reddy has been arrested by CBI and is being interrogated. He is the son of YSR Reddy, the former Andhra chief minister, for unaccounted money. And do you want to hear the, the sections under which he is charged under the Indian Penal Code? 120, 120B, 409, 420, 177A, 13.1.D and 13E. So it is it is like saying, hey, hang on, you can get your lawyer, but we are going to charge you in at least one of these. Yeah, exactly. Even if you, even if you win a few. One of them has to be a uh, non-bailable offense. Mm. So let's keep him in because the election, exactly. by-elections are going on. So Jagan Mohan Reddy's income, as he showed on an income tax returns, was around six lakhs in 2009, which hmm. over a period of over a, just a period of few years has shot up to four thousand odd crores. <laughs> <laughs> it's For, sorry, four only in India. Yeah, f- f- uh, it, it's not four thousand. I missed a zero. Four sixty f- crores. How much? Uh-huh. Four hundred four, odd crores. Four hundred odd crores. Okay. However. The uh, hero of our story this time now of our discussion is going to be a TDP candidate, which is a Telugu Desam Party candidate. So he comes from the Rayadurga Assembly seat. His name is Gunapati Deepak Reddy, 39-year-old landowner and miner, has announced that he is worth 6,781 crores. Yes, out of which 460 crores is just gold and jewellery. Just to throw it on the face of uh, Mr. YSR Reddy, Jagatai. Here you go, man. This, this <laughs> I've got the stuff that you have in cash. It, it's like going back to the gold standards before the World War, etc., where you know you had equal amount of cash with <laughs> with equal number of gold that that the world had. So this is what I have. Absolutely. And he, he, and he he's an edu- educated man too, by the way. He says, "Look, I have the money. I also have an MBA degree to go with." Aish And his yeah. uh, and his returns for 2009 and 10, his IT returns for the, that year, showed an annual income of rupees. 3.27 lakh. Wow, that is a creative accounting right there. I think that's when he got his MBA after that year. Yes, yeah. I th- Abhishek, I'm, I'm pretty sure we are doing something wrong in life. Completely. Huh? First of all, by giving this out for free when we decided to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first mistake. <laughs> yeah, and now, 
now i think we're just used to it like, come on there are about 15 15 odd people listening let's just keep doing it now it's too late to start charging it too completely yeah man uh, well. another thing in politics i wanted to uh, put out there was dimple yadav who is akhilesh yadav the chief minister of uttar pradesh his wife has been elected unopposed for the first time to the lok sabha from kanauj this is the same yeah. constituency where she lost back in 2009 to raj babbar oh right so what does this mean so, so there is uh, is this another politi- politician's wife a politician's wife coming in and contesting and winning and all of that i think w- what it means is that samajwadi congress first of all none of the opposition parties fielded candidates okay mm-hmm. so there was obviously some sort of a deal made or congress uh-huh. wants keeping in mind the elections that are going to happen uh, in 2014 congress did not field raj babbar otherwise why wouldn't you field raj babbar right in fact mulayam singh thanked his opposition parties for the victory since <laughs> none of them put up candidate against her so you know democracy works in weird ways these yeah, guys yeah. can be at their throats if they want to but can also be extremely charitable if they have some sort of a deal worked out between them because now everyone wants to please sp because they have a clear majority in the state there there were a couple of independent candidates they withdrew their applications bjp at the last minute decided to contest the elections but the nominee mm-hmm. failed to file papers within the deadline that there was there's a 3 pm deadline he failed to make it to the office because he says that he was stopped by sp workers at various points his car was stopped <laughs> there will be her father in law mulayam singh yadav who is one from the manpur constituency and brother in law as well dharmendra yadav from sambhal mm-hmm. constituency so they are going to have a family get together at the lok sabha at the lok if sabha. they can hear each other over yes. the voices of others yeah Absolutely. but great mm. good 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 so those were the those were the political topics from my side and now let's move on to a business topic sort of uh, the eurozone is going through some shit big time biggest one of course is greece i mean that has already happened that is almost old news now after greece there was okay. ireland portugal and now the big news is about spain that spain was bailed out and was given 125 billion dollars by the ecb which is the european central bank to so that spain can fund its banks which gave yeah. out bad loans during the housing bubble to uncreditworthy people and so now spain has also joined the league of and spain surprisingly says that don't call it bailout we don't like the word bailout <laughs> loaning us money is it yeah yeah Don't, yeah. don't don't use the word bailout you must have heard about this um, uh, phrase austerity measures very ah, often yes, yes yes right so there there is this cartoon uh, in the economist they have this every week angela merkel the chancellor of germany who is like the big boss of the eurozone the only country which is doing well sitting in a on a on a table restaurant table so having having just one little hot dog on her plate <laughs> and she is staring with disgust at her partner on the other side he is Uh, Francis Nicolas Sarkozy he's got a long menu and he's pouring through the menu wondering what to order and there is a waiter standing next to him taking an order so that that is that that's what has happened that you know we can't trust you with our money that's why you know, that's what germany is saying and not lending <laughs> lending to almost anyone and she's been postponing this hoping that things will get get better over time or maybe the austerity measures will in itself turn the tide but that hasn't happened and 
the economist ran a funny uh, another cartoon which which said that you know when you should be throwing the lifeboats uh, angela merkel is uh, uh, you know giving swimming lessons so it's not <laughs> it's 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 a little the, too late for that but i but, think kaushik basu the chief economic advisor to uh, india he is also warning of the same thing is that you know these are all patch up things bandied things but the core of the problem still remains and all these loans are going to come back and bite ecb which is a european central bank in the right. backside because none of these countries have a way of making this money so i think they will not i think they will give up uh, on the on the money And because the, see if you don't give if you had had what was that tarp right troubled asset relief program about 600 tarp, billion dollars or so yeah, tarp, tarp had that not come along it would have taken uh, the american banks down uh, and then uh, even those insurance companies would have defaulted and it would have hurt the common man so uh, i think those 600 billion dollars are gone in thin air today but had that not happened we would not we would have been talking about some other topic altogether today maybe we won't have jobs who knows i i mean it could have gone into different proportions so you need the money I, just last night spain got another round of funding so you need the money you got to give them the money is what all the critics are saying you know the point that i be, i believe kaushik basu is trying to make here is how is spain going to make this how, mm. make back or repay this money back to ecb because there is a, almost about uh, 1.3 trillion dollars will have to be paid back by 800 banks to the ecb otherwise oh. ecb is going down and ecb is uh, the one that manages the 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 euro right. and if that happens right. if these guys don't pay back then the euro is gone uh-huh. right. and entire banking system will get uh, will be demolished basically what a brilliant uh, time to be an economist <laughs> and a journalist therefore you know who, whoever is writing about finance Absolutely. 10 10 years they were certain about same thing housing prices increasing. So next week what happened they increased further a lot TKR. Then what happened the next one they are just rising. So they're like soaring, rising, rising, soaring. <laughs> These are the two words that they must have used between 2004 and 2008. Since then it is all 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 all, all together a new story. Absolutely. And did you hear about um, uh, SNP ka dhamki to India? SNP mm-hmm. has now it, come it had downgraded a few weeks back right which yeah, was yeah yeah absolutely to bb minus um, hmm. and now it has come out and said that india boss you are not taking it seriously we might also downgrade you further to junk rating okay if you don't get your act together and they have put out uh, you know reasons for why they would do it and those reasons are pretty harsh saying that uh, you know sonia gandhi who has all the power has no political responsibility uh, manmohan singh who has politic who is the prime minister has no political control mm-hmm. he ha- he is not an elected member of the lok sabha so he is not a p- true people's representative and all those sort of things so you know all the things that everybody knows but hasn't yet said aloud is something that snp did and pranab da is angry at snp and says that uh, he doesn't care about snp ratings No, you got to care about the ratings because when you borrow money, a lot is dependent. The interest rates are obviously tied Absolutely. to the rating age, rating that you get. Absolutely, these, but but if you take a look at the uh, history of these companies, the rating uh, agencies itself is because when Lehman decided uh, sure. declared bankruptcy, yeah. they were uh, double A at least, I believe. So but so it's not that they are in, always right, correct? Sure, but in India right now, the slowest in seven years. We spoke about this five point three percent GDP growth. 
talk about mumbai which is the do you know in mumbai up to 38000 uh, apartments or flats are unsold because of the high prices so in other words all the millionaires who had who needed the houses are already occupied and there are 28000 to 38000 there is this long big estimate this, this big range uh, unsold flats in india oh, in wow. mumbai in mumbai alone only because uh, the middle class can't afford them the millionaires have already settled so Absolutely. even in uh, even in a sector where you know it's it's a what do you say it's a no brainer that m- it's a sellers market because you just have too many people but the problem is 60% of mumbai lives in slums which is in no way comparison to delhi where it's about 12 to 15% i have to check the numbers but it's it's far far lower wow that's amazing so anyway so that's we are amazing. talking about the mumbai being the financial hub that's why shanghai india shanghai there was a time when mckinsey had you know created a report about how to make india the next shanghai of india we were in 11th Was that like was a sta- state government assignment that was given to them they had to come up ah, with a okay. nice tagline okay right so that's what they did and ah well anyways so so, so that is happening when it comes to the business side kaushik basu is extremely concerned um, and did, did you know kaushik basu is a cornell university ka professor who just took a sabbatical to become the chief economic advisor to india no i didn't know that that's awesome. guys iits have decided uh, that they are going to go against the one nation one test proposal by none other than hrd ministries kapil sibal and have their own entrance exams so iit kanpur has declared that it's going to conduct its own entrance exam from the next year iit delhi is going to also follow mm-hmm. the suit of iit kanpur because it's being pressurized by alumni association and kapil sibal is going like what happened on 28th may when we announced mm-hmm. this all the iit ka representatives were there from the central institute nit and all those other guys also and nobody said anything no in and fact iit kharagpur and uh, guwahati they they were pretty much in, they are in support of the government and they are not very happy with iit kanpur but what's the big deal in fact it's good that you have uh, more than one tests i feel because you know you 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 take a test you have a bad day suddenly all the iit doors are shut on you as a student i'm talking about as a student not administratively yeah, in sorry. in the in the same case if a student has to go out and give five different iit exams it's not a pretty situation in that case yeah that's true but i was wondering how do you give these kids more than one chance maybe you have i think through uh, why don't they have layered admissions have a common entrance exam and then call them up for you know writing some essays and all those sort of things so have them on campus host them have ask talk to them and then choose the best people uh, do they have interviews did they don't no no they don't no, right? no i mean they still don't ah okay they right. still don't so it is it is as it is based on pure uh, you know what happens in iitg here in in hrd's proposal they had also mm-hmm. given some weightage to 12th marks uh, which which is good but i believe 40% of the weightage was on 12th marks Forty um, percent? Are you kidding? Yeah, I don't some, think. The number, oh boy, something like that. That's so, big. and what what the IITs were saying is that since it's going to be a joint entrance exam for NITs and IITs, the difficulty of the question paper might be slightly lower to appeal to the larger population. Whoever is listening and studying for IIT, first of all, shut this podcast out. Go study. Go But see. best of luck. Best of luck. 
let's see what happens. We still don't know uh, what exactly is going to happen and there's going to be a meeting and things will be cleared. Again, I don't think government should be meddling in education-related stuff. Why isn't uh, government mm. treating education as a, a private as a private industry? That I is think what each it time is. it tried to meddle, uh, it didn't work, as in thankfully so. You remember Arjun Singh when he was the HRD yeah. minister? He had he had said that all IIMs should revise their fees to a few thousand rupees, and then they said, "Boss, it's already too low for you to come in and tell us how much we should be charging, or tweaking the curriculum to include a few new subjects, or having quotas which are unreasonable in in IITs and uh, absolutely IIMs." That so thankfully it didn't it didn't turn out. I think it's a way of trying to control these institutions, right? By by passing mm. all these all these laws and uh, whatnot. The Right to Education Act. Have you read the Right to Education Act? Nope, nope. Okay, so basically the the act says that 25% of all seats, okay, mm. no matter if you are an international school, no matter if you are an aided government school, no matter if you are an unaided private school, you have to keep 25% of your seats for economically weaker sections okay the problem is i think and you would know better because you run a school yourself but the, i think the problem is economically backward section uh, also includes those who just have a certificate which shows that they are economically backward but they might be about they might have they might be living in a bungalow which is a crore of rupees Absolutely. in the same colony where i live so yeah that's 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 bit of a situation i remember uh, and this, that plus uh, uh, that and bro, the whole uh, whole idea of you know 5% is okay 10% is okay 25% is a substantial chunk of right. business to be giving it out for free but is it for free is that do you have to give it out for free i thought so it's not it's not free government is going to uh, reimburse 10000 okay. rupees per per student but 10000 is not what it costs to deliver education boss hmm you know, if you're talking right. about good education, so in a way, what the government is saying that give cheap education and don't pay your teachers their worth. Because 50% of, almost 50% of any school's cost, cost structure is staff salaries. And they're, they're not, they're not something to be boasted about. My mom, mom's a teacher. Exactly. So I know about that. Exactly, right. So where, where is the school going to recover all this money from? Either from the students. So the 25% right. of the people are going to have to bear the cost for 25%. You should actually have uh, about 10% donation seats with which cover all the, all the money then. You, you charge them 10 lakh rupees. It's their privilege to be you know, sitting in the same room because they didn't earn enough, but their dads are rich. So it covers up all the costs, but, but make it we, mafia so like. But don't we do that in the taxation system? Ah, we do, that's, we do, don't that, we? Yeah, that's what you pay your taxes for. Just because the a government's municipal schools have failed miserably, not even oh, yes. a, 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 B, a guy having a BPL card wants to send their kid below the party the line. Party yeah, line. below the, yeah. yeah. Um, wants to send their kid to a government school. They are just non-functional. Yep. There have been and, numerous and articles about how teachers come, sign the muster, go back home. And, and, that's, come about and, that is, and the failure ha of operating those schools is being burdened on the private industry. Why is that? Fair enough. No argument there, my dear friend. Right. And I mean, there are a certain, there, there are a few very funny clauses in that act. It's, it's a hundred-pager act that I went through. It's, it's very, 
now for example minority schools are exempted from right to education act that is muslim schools and uh, linguistic mm-hmm. minority hota hai so if if a school is in maharashtra all languages except marathi language schools are exempt from right to education How that, is that i thought everybody the that, law of the land would have everybody included Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. so that act itself does that exemption itself doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have reservations on one side, and then you have this exact opposite on the other. Absolutely. And, and what, for example, now if you take, what do I mean by minority schools? Saint Joseph's is a minority school. Saint Xavier's is a minority college. So what would that mean? They they don't have any reservations, is what they, you're saying? They don't have to give away twenty five percent. They are exempt from oh, okay. everything in Right to Education Act. Ah, okay. Why is that? How is that? How did they get away with it? Because what they certificate did they show? Because they are a minority. Themselves college. are a minority Christian. community. So yeah, Christian college. Hai. Right, right, right. So that's why ah, they have okay. gotten away with it. So those sort of exemptions. I mean, they don't just logically don't make any sense. N M College, right? In in Mumbai, K C College, H R College. All these colleges are minority colleges. Because they are Sindhi, Gujarati, and what not good uh, linguistic minority. I would have loved to be a Guju for once. I, I, I had wanted to. I had wanted to get into Jamnalal Bajaj, but some bloke that itself is half, a minority my, college. That now Jamnalal Bajaj is a minority exactly. college. Right, right. No, I said, I said, I, I would have loved to be a Guju because some some bloke scored half as many as I did and got into there. Absolutely, got into that college. Exactly. So, so, so you know. Anyway. that's why I don't like government meddling into education policies. Or, I mean, do your own job, right? First of all. Ha. Huh. Anyways, so those were the topics that we had. A couple of them, a few. Um, I thought a few trivia topics also. Donald Duck turned seventy-eight years old on June ninth. He made his so-called debut in 1934 on 9th June in a television show called The Silly Symphony Cartoon, and it was titled mm-hmm. The Wise Little Hen. उसके बाद he was along with Mickey Mouse का animations में होता था. There is a colleague of mine. She's got a 10-year-old kid. She doesn't let her let him watch this cartoon. I think it's the Chinese cartoon dubbed in Hindi. And the protagonist or the main guy is Shin Chan, who's a very mischievous kid and who does things that would, you know, that would go beyond what is reasonably decent for a kid to do. As in throwing tantrums is one thing, but doing, you know, I think I think there is like it goes to another extreme altogether. So it teaches kids how to get things from their parents when they should actually be learning that from their own or watching others. There is enough. There are enough sources to to pick from. But Donald Duck. You know, imagine the the challenge for the creator of Donald Duck to make a character who's, I think, nine out of ten minutes on the screen he's grumpy, but you still like him, and and kids don't, you know, kids don't start acting like him. Absolutely. So, so your your friend was basically pissed off that her kid is learning to blackmail yeah. her from Shin Chan, where as she wants the kid to learn yeah. it on himself. by himself. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. I mean I I told her you know show her uh, show him Tom and Jerry and she says no he's too grown up for it now. She uh, doesn't find it funny enough. So it's sub- surprising. Anyway. Oh my god. Um yeah. So Donald Duck's girlfriend Daisy Duck her earlier name was Donna Duck. Mhm. And if you if you he's got the most distinctive voice. in the animation industry donald duck which was right. uh, given which was earlier performed by clarence nash 
he was known as Ducky Nash later on and then he trained another guy because he was retiring since 1981 it is Tony Anselmo Anselmo yeah, losing man Anselmo hmm? Anselmo okay um so those were the topics on another note i also found out how old goofy was because i was just curious and hmm. goofy is He's 80 years he's about the same old. age right oh, uh, 80, two years right. elder um okay may may 25th may on may on may 25th he turned 80 first appearance with mickey mickey's review 1932 he was originally named dippy dog did you know that no no i, I just know one thing now 1930s was a great time to be a kid amazingly yeah. creative time also i believe yeah yeah i think charlie chaplin was also on his at his peak during oh, the time really yeah yeah and this all these all these things happened during the depression huh oh yes and they had a brilliant market there so condoms sold and so did animation <laughs> <laughs> obviously you know yes. your kids were busy yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, we need to get into one of those industries. You bet. It is 8:37 in the morning. I have no clue how am I going to rush back to work in about 20 25 minutes. Do you have anything more to add my friend? No, that's about it. Do, do you guys have to swipe? Oh yes, I have to. Oh you know, no no, I have. Okay. What is that called? I think it's a new What is that called? You just have to take your card next to that little Oh, RFID, and... RFID thing. Ah, yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's all right. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, why don't you rush off? Um, for everyone else, all this episode and all the others are available at www. theindicast. com. Follow us on Twitter as well. I'm AC Mahatri. Abhishek is at Abhishek Kumar. Um, anything and, else? And uh, Facebook, uh, Indicast Podcast Network. Yes, we post all our. In, in, if you don't want to go to the website, our uh, Indicast. com website. go to uh, just join our facebook page and i post all the links there you can listen right on facebook a lot easier that's about it guys bye bye bye